Today's topic is diversity and inclusion. And we've got Torin, our COO, the Seabury COO, the man with all the thoughts, deep thoughts, gets everybody excited about their work and inspired. So welcome, Torin. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Thank you. Well, you know, I expect you to just handle this entire conversation. Latte and I are just going to sit back. You just talk and we'll all just be schooled. Um, I'm going to take notes. Oh. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> he was like, oh, this? I'm just going to, I'm just going to listen. So one of the, you know, we're a female-owned, minor, woman-owned, minority-owned company. And so I feel like a lot of diversity and inclusion topics and come up in our day-to-day just very naturally. When I was thinking about this, it's like, oh, you can go from high level. You can talk about so many different things when it comes to diversity and inclusion in advertising and marketing. But I think we have a really interesting perspective because it just is kind of always there for us. You know, when we're doing work, we're constantly thinking about whether or not we're being inclusive, whether or not the work we're producing speaks to lots of different cultures and races. We end up getting clients at times who come to us because they're a diverse um, organization and got work from an advertising company that doesn't represent their audience and doesn't represent them and they feel like they've been misrepresented. I feel like we're also, you know, as consumers, we're out in the world and we see things that are put out and we're like, that doesn't make me feel better. I don't think that's hitting the mark. Um, So I feel like we, we can just talk about it in terms of how it interacts with our lives. And Torin, I was really interested in hearing from you, you know, when someone says diversity and inclusion in advertising and marketing, just what's that first thing that pops into your head, first thought, or what do you think is that entry point into a discussion for you? Well, for, for me, when I have people talk about diversity and inclusion, the first thing I think, obviously, is that they're looking to expand their market position, right? And it's, and it's really interesting. I think it means different things. You know, for us, diversity and inclusion is really, really natural because we're used to intercultural play. You know, like we're talking to different kinds of people all the time. So we're naturally multicultural. We naturally speak many languages, you know, when it comes to the work that we do. Um, and, and we're always aware of it. Uh, I don't think that a lot of advertising agencies or um, or product manufacturers actually take um, diversity and inclusion seriously. I think that they're stuck in an old model and responding to a marketplace evolution, right? Because what happens in the older model, and I hate to kind of take you back that way, is that there, you know, historically, you know, there have always been issues around inclusion, but businesses didn't really have to deal with those issues because the marketplace was new. It was defined largely as an American marketplace, you know, a marketplace that's largely filled with white people. And it left, it left a ton of audiences out there. Well, what happens in business is that you reach a peak in the market and sales start to flatten and you're going, well, where am I going to get more sales? How am I going to continue to grow? Right? So you had this happening in the American economy where the market starts to flatten, and so you look for a new marketplace. So what happens in the new marketplace, you start to look for, to those whose evolution economically means new sales, right? So now you have African-Americans, you have Latin Latinos, or Latinx, you have Asian markets, you have all this group, and that's 
what? Multicultural, right? It's diverse. So then they come up with this idea, oh, diversity and inclusion. But they're not really believing in it from the point of view of really respecting those cultures. And then within the context of employment, you have this issue around people only wanting to employ people who look like them. So that means that there's a dearth of, of employment opportunities for, or a lack of employment opportunities for people of color, because people still tend to want to be around people who are like them and think that all we have to do is, is you know, bring this person on board, but train them to still respond to the marketplace like we would. You know, so you got a problem because you really don't have a diverse staff. You can, if you're an all white company, you can hire a black person all you want. But if you're going to tell them that they have to do things the way you want them done, then you're not going to have the benefit. So the number doesn't count, right? There's a lot of things that you said that are like, oh, I got to remember this, I got to remember that, because I want to come back to it. One, you know, when you're talking about the market changing, you know, they say now, um, the United States is over 40% uh, diversity or people of color when you look at the marketplace, which is a huge change from when I was growing up. And now you see that reflecting, you started to see that showing up in like makeup commercials. And it was steadily like, oh, things are getting better. Things are getting better from when I was growing up. But I think that George Floyd definitely represented a big seismic shift in what companies companies feeling obligated to represent America after seeing um, the protests and the outrage and people kind of getting a voice out of that tragedy to be able to say, I don't like what you're doing and I don't like this because I feel like it's stereotypical and kind of getting power to speak up because of injustice. Um, and, and I just noticed a huge change in the pressures that companies felt from the marketplace where you're saying, now we have the ability to say, you need to represent the actual America, the way we see it. And and when you talk about diversity in a population, you know, relationships are so intermingled now that, you know, before it was a lot easier to exist in a bubble with just people that look like you. And now from LGBTQ to people of color, all these different ways that people can identify themselves, it's just a lot harder to do that. And that also made me think of another thing that you brought up where you were talking about companies that don't have diversity on their staffs. And sometimes we get that question of like, well, how did you guys end up with so much diversity as if it's like this hard thing? But for us, it's like, how do you know? I've always thought it's much harder to stay in the bubble. I'm like, how do you make sure in this day and age that you're not interacting in a really genuine way with other cultures? Like, that's just like, I'm like, I don't understand. It seems so difficult. So when that question comes, I'm like, isn't it really hard for you to make sure you're only ever talking to people who look like you? <laughs> isn't that difficult? And then to make sure that you're only creating ad campaigns that reflect the way you view the world. Isn't that really difficult to never let something else like poke through? Yeah, it, it is. It is. And that's, you know, that's something that amazes me as well, because what you have to do in order to maintain that is to constantly shrink your bubble. You know what I mean? Because it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. What's also surprising is the number of companies that are willing to do that. But, you know, largely what's going to happen is those people get left out, you know, because the country is, and, and, and I really think it's important to say that 
it's it's not just that the company the country is becoming more diverse i think that diverse populations are bringing about a level of maturity to the country that it didn't have before but but i also think it's important to recognize that if the country is now 40% people of color and that 40% of people of color had no money wouldn't matter right because they wouldn't be a market there you know but the evolution the social evolution that has taken place and the is, has been accompanied by an economic evolution that changes the game and, and and once you look at it that way you know you see the business side of it and why it's so important to do that but you also see the impact on social evolution you know which is which is incredibly powerful those yeah, things right I wanted to jump in and just actually step back for a sec to just define it, right? So we've been saying diversity and inclusion. Those are not the same thing, right? So those are not the same thing, and, and it's really important to define them. Um, I, I actually I read very, very recently a really beautiful definition of diversity, which is the presence of difference. Just that's it, right? Presence of difference which is a really nice way to think about it, right? Which is also kind of the equivalent of saying the presence of other, right? It, it, you go out your front door and all of a sudden you're confronted by others, right? And those, those people might have a similar skin color to you, but have a different thought, right? Different experiences. So it's not just all around the color of your skin, uh, but there's so much more to it. Uh, and it's dangerous though for, you know, a collection of, similarly looking people, just all white people, let's say, to also just say, well, no, we're diverse. We have diverse thinking, right? Eh, no, that's just, that's a, a one little sliver, right? And it, it cuts in so many different facets. It's not, it's not just gender. It's not race. It's not sexual preference and orientation, et cetera. It's all of the things combined that make up difference, right? So that's, that's diversity. And then inclusion Inclusion, I guess what you could say is an old version of inclusion used to be what is called tokenism, right? We've got a black guy, right? There's Bob, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> now, Bob, sit down, okay? Let me hear from you, right? That's, that's tokenism, right? That's, that's that old-fashioned approach where you say, no, we, we checked that box and please go away now, right? But what we're actually talking about is the, the, the reverse of that, which is um, a, a kind of the safety to be heard, to participate, and for your, your feelings and your thoughts and your beliefs to matter in the conversation. And so, you know, it, you mentioned the marketplace. So there's the marketplace, but then there's also everything that's happening within an organization. And, you know, just to speak on behalf of Seabury for a second, we've, we've got both really beautifully represented. You know, we have, we have um, the presence of difference, right? And we also have a lot of people that get a chance to raise their opinion, to be able to speak up and to represent their work and to bring their best. And that's not all just creatives, right? So that's also dangerous, right? To say, well, we're all creatives. We're all creative agents. We have, we have people that work in operations. We have people that work, um, you know, sometimes in HR. We have all of those different roles. And that blend is what makes things really rich. So I just wanted to make sure we kind of define and describe those pieces. I think that's absolutely right and a very important thing to do. And I, I, I would just add one thing to what you said, Latte, and that more than the safety of, of, you know, being able to contribute, right, is 
the idea of manifestation. So those ideas have to be manifest, you know, in, in order for inclusion to be something that absolutely works, right? And that's what I was speaking to earlier when I was saying, you know, yeah, you know, you could, we got a black guy, it's Bob, you know, just as, as, as you said. But if Bob there and Bob can say something in a meeting, but it never gets into practice, it's never considered, it never becomes manifest in what the company is doing, then that defeats the whole purpose of inclusion, you know, as, as you define it, which we totally agree with. I mean, that's exactly, exactly where we are because it is, you know, your culture, it is your thought, you know, and the way you approach and your perspective um, that, that is so very important when we talk about diversity and inclusion. I loved you going back to just the basic definition of what it all is. One of the things that was going through my mind while you were doing that is just that recognition of when you're um, fighting the fight for more perspectives to be included in advertising and marketing. Sometimes you have to go for those like big hits because for so long, people of color, you know, really, you're like, oh, we're focusing a lot on color. For so long, that wasn't acknowledged. And the cop out would be, well, 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 we didn't include anybody of color, but everybody who was in the ad, you know, Jan, Dave, John, they all think different things. And you're like, that's not what we're talking about. So you end up like sticking to those big things of like, no, 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 we've got to start to get people of color, people uh, who identify with this or with that, like we need to include them and you forget all the nuances that go into the definition that you gave of how diverse our world is and the idea of other and what makes me different from you should be included. But I also wanted to go back to one thing. It's, it's, it's not only people of color, apropos um, Latte's com um, comments, it's also people of culture, right? Because you know, thoughts and, and family traditions and all that are, are part of cultures. So it's it's about people of culture. And that's why, you know, we we use colorful, cultured, creative, because, you know, we have to give that nod to culture, you know, as 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 a driving force as well. And and culture is not necessarily, you know, respective of race, you know. Um it's 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 what value systems and what valuable things people, whether it's thoughts, actions, traditions, whatever, people bring to, you know, the American society. And so it's it's an amazing, and I talk about the American society because this is where we are, okay? And one of the things that I think is so important in this discussion that we just have to say is that in America, race is foundational to America, right? So it's going to be really, really hard to to have an ideal world where people aren't looking at color of skin, right? Because it's it's foundational to America. It's the cornerstone upon which, you know, the society was built. So it's amazing when you see people of other cultures and colors over a short span of time amassing enough economic impact to then have the degree of social impact that they have that changes the game in, in, in American society. And if you look at what's going on today, you have those of us who want to celebrate differences, include differences, be diverse both in our opinions and in our and in our appearance appearances. And then you have those people who are doubling down on the on the social foundation of America. And that's right now where the battle is. Yeah, you know, if you think about it from the perspective of of 
uh, getting out there and, and learning about your surroundings. I think that's really important. So you talked about the marketplace and, and how we interface with it. A lot of our clients are in the DC area, right? Not everybody. Uh, but there's a lot of value for us to actually go and see how people are interacting with the good services, um, quite frankly, even just the city itself, and to understand how we might be able to localize something or create something that's not even localized. It's just out of thin air. You know, it's out of the, the work that we're trying to do and to make it be relevant to that audience. We have witnessed people that will work from another state or another part of the country and think that they've hit the mark when they're trying to develop something for a DC. And it just falls extraordinarily flat because they don't know anything about this city, right? About how DC operates, how it actually works, about its history. And you know what that really just requires is exposure. You actually have to spend time in conversation. You have to spend time going and seeing what the place is like. You have to spend time pulling away and, and kind of breaking down a lot of your assumptions about a place to discover its nuance, its beauty, its challenges. And that's where you find answers. I, I love that idea of openness because I feel like that hits at something that I think we do intentionally. It's just being open because when you're talking about topics like this, nobody is ever right all the time. There are always new perspectives, new terms that you're supposed to use, new ways of addressing people and cultures. And it's always constantly changing. And you're always kind of trying to keep up with where the world is today so you can represent it correctly. Um, and I think just being open to knowing how different everybody is, how different everybody thinks, and being able to accept that information. You know, when we create something, being able to say, is this right or am I not getting it right how do you feel when you look at this and being okay if someone's like i don't like that instead of like oh you're wrong like you will literally say sometimes in meetings like oh i don't you know with with not internally but um end up in situations like i don't like the way that that feels or that didn't make me feel right and they'll be like oh i think it's fine but if somebody says that they didn't like the way that it felt you gotta like be open to understanding where that's coming from and who they are and what their perspective might be and then letting that change your view of the world and letting that influence your work. I think that's, I think that's a powerful point, Adi, because what it is, is it takes it beyond a market practice and makes it a personal practice, right? So you have to be willing to practice inclusion, you know, in, in, in a way that, you know, you can hear something different and not say, oh yeah, we've covered that, tried to discount it or, you know, or act like somebody speaking a foreign language, right? Which, you know, in effect, maybe it's foreign to your particular value system, but if you're in, if you have a personal practice that in, that is about inclusion, you're going to include that and it's going to change everything because what everybody is bringing, you know, know me well enough to know my, my favorite saying is that, you know, nobody is bringing the truth. They're only bringing a truth. Well, and it's, and it's the inclusion of those truths. So I'm saying it a different way. You guys have heard me say it like a million different times, but it's the it's inclusion of that, every time. Yeah. <laughs> of your your phrases that you use all the time, they always hit. <laughs> but, but it's the inclusion of those truths really that makes you better at what you do, yeah. you know, because now what you do is going to have 
that broader appeal because people who look at it who have different cultures or different mindsets and you've allowed that to filter into what you're doing, now those things are manifest in the work that you produce. And when that happens, people are like, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, this is great. Yeah. And there's, there's another aspect, I think, that's that's really important to talk about, which is, uh, you know, now Seabury is um, on this really beautiful growth trajectory. And, and so it's not the number of people that really matters. It's actually the the conversations and the the work in between that allows for us to handle much more complex jobs. And what I mean by that is the additional points of view and perspectives allow for us to be more nuanced, allow for us to really explore ideas, whether that's a logo, uh, website, you name it, from multiple perspectives to ensure that we're really hitting the mark and that it's resonating for folks. So as an entity, we do a lot of this creative work. We interface with, say, an engineering firm, and they're going to bring their engineering knowledge. And so we have to be able to take their perspective and, and combine that to heighten the work for everybody. So the benefits of having more people with diverse backgrounds is the work can be much more interesting and resonate that much more, right? Because we can really be specific, explore ideas, get out there. I want to emphasize that. Get out there to, to really have those ideas um, tested against the world, which is to say, not Google searches, but actually inter interact out in the greater world, pull in the culture that we experience on the weekends, after work, during work, you know, all of that matters. And it makes the work that we do that much richer and more likely to resonate for for our the end users, for our clients, for the culture that we're we're with it. So, you know, one of the things that I'm always interested in is what agencies or what creatives can do to make their work better or to make their work, you know, more inclusive or some of the things that you found Torin Latte that help you determine whether or not you're making something that works in that realm. Um, what are some of the things that help you? Because there's there's a difference between just adding different perspectives and doing it well. You know, some companies saw the let's be more diverse and inclusive as well, let's just hire people of color and not pay attention to what we're hiring them for in our commercial. And all of a sudden it'd be a negative commercial about suffering from something and you just have all people of color. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not helping because now, yes, you've made a diverse cast or you brought in all these different perspectives, but they're representing something that's stereotypical or something that's not very positive. And so you're kind of like negating the whole thing. So there's definitely a quality in um, the work that you produce when you include other what do you, what have you found during the helps? So I, I think the biggest thing is to me is the two actually relationships and history, right? If you have relationships that you value across the spectrum, not, oh, I have a black friend or I have a LGBTQ friend. I mean, I, I would rather you're dealing with people who are like family to you, you know, where, where you're sharing the love and where you're actually engaged, you know, in and accepting, uh, engaging relationship and, and accepting 
of the people in that relationship. And I'm not just talking about romance, I'm talking about how you live, you know. Um, I think that's very important. And then the other piece of it is history, right? So if you look at you know, every, I don't know, commercial for some malady that people, you know, suffer and you get this opportunity to say, well, we're going to do a commercial about this malady. You know, look at the history of those commercials. And if those commercials have always featured a certain type of person with a stereotypical perspective, you need to know that. You know, you can't just, you just can't come out into the marketplace representing the normal stereotypes. Um, you have to be conscious, and that becomes the case through your relationships of what you're doing. For me, I, I love coming from a place of ignorance, which is uh, easy for me. <laughs> uh, what I mean by that is um, I, I enjoy um, assuming that I don't know. And, and there's a lot of benefit to that. If you come in with beginners, a beginner's sensibility, a beginner's eyes, you, you have to learn, right? So for me to, for, for us on a project that we did several years ago, uh, where we were working on a diversity exercise for, uh, for school, uh, we were given a very high level view of what we were told were the issues and what, what their aims were, right? But in talking with those that were actually on the ground experiencing it, whose lives were actually being affected by the efforts that were being put out by the administration, what we learned was they weren't quite hitting the mark or they weren't quite understanding the experience that the students were going through. So right then and there, we gained a real perspective that helped to set up some really nice video work that we did, uh, a whole bunch of other deliverables that we built in order to hit on the messages that the experiences of those kids. And so that's why that localization, that real understanding of the end user needs is so critically important. And this idea of diversity and inclusion and understanding how beautifully nuanced culture is, how beautifully nuanced people's perspectives and dreams and hopes are, that's where all the beauty lays. The idea of leadership is, is an important you know, thing to bring up, right? Because leaders, you know, real leaders should not assume that the value system that they bring to the table is the one that needs to be represented. I guess it's really like avoiding the Bob, <laughs> Bob, bringing Bob back again. This, you hear a lot of conversations like, well, I met uh, so-and-so one time and they acted like this. And so now that's how I'm going to represent that type of person in an ad. And it's like, no, you also have to leave room that in that culture or what, you know, whoever you're representing, that there's somebody who isn't like Bob. And what, what would you create for them? You have to realize that every section of society has a spectrum. And a lot of people fall into that. Well, I saw one sliver of that spectrum and that's everybody. I got it. It's done. Which I guess is just kind of arrogant. As you know, you were saying, Torn, earlier about being, you guys are both saying about being open and accepting. Yeah. Well, you know, essentially we get, you know, people get processed that way, socialized that way, taught that way. And, it, and what that does is promote whatever the, and I hate to, I hate to use this term, 
Oh, I'll, I'll use a different term. I was going to say dominant, but I, I should say prevailing. You know, culture um, is rather than rather than use the term dominant, because what a person believes is what they want to spread, right? Because they think what they believe is the way you know things are. But more importantly, what people are taught to believe, you know, becomes this norm, and they never think beyond that idea. But what it results in is, is exactly what you're talking about, Adia, is this, when you choose characters, you know, the question becomes, are you choosing characters that are really appropriate for what you're trying to do, you know, or are you choosing a character that comes out of this belief system? Reinforces your really, worldview. Right. That, that really has another purpose, and that is to create a reinforced, um, you know, that, that worldview, well put. So, you know, you gotta be brave. You gotta get out, you gotta get outside of your, and it's really interesting because it, it's a comfort zone that that's artificial, you know, and it's, so it's not really a comfort zone. It's just a place you're used to being that you don't want to go out. It's more often than not, it ends up being a dangerous place for you and not, you know, and, and I don't mean that like in terms of physical, you know, harm, but in terms of your ability to really communicate, you know, you're really locked into a dangerous position, you know, and you're going to always end up, you know, more times than not, end up falling flat on your face and and having to issue some sort of, well, everybody knows that's not me. How many times have you heard that, right? That's not me. That's not us. You'll see these commercials come out, right? They do that. And then the company says, well, that's not us. That doesn't represent our belief system. Well, why is it out there then? You know what I mean? I mean, let's be honest. You know, if if it wasn't your belief system, how come that wasn't identified right away? You know, and and you put it out there, then you made a mistake, and you go, "Oh, that's not us." You know, if you think that the audience who objected to it believes that that's not you, you're sorely mistaken, because the audience goes, "That's you." You know. Thank you so much for taking your time, taking the time today to talk with us about this. And I know that we'll circle back to this definitely in the future. Literally, oh, it's, it's in our DNA. It's something that you know. It's just part of how we roll, which is you know amazing. It's a great place to be, you know, with people who are who are as considerate, you know, um, as I feel most of our staff, you know is of, of what's going on out there. So thanks a lot for corralling me and, you know, having this discussion. I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time.